Hello, and welcome to Daily Confetti with Carter and Carrie on Unsafe Space. Today is Thursday, February 27th, and and you're what? And you're watching Unsafe Space, I'm repeating myself. I didn't I did a good one the other day, now I'm all like, well, I'm a little out of it this morning. It this was afternoon. Yeah. When you had to think about the date, I think is when you lost it. That's okay. I, yeah, the day of the the day of the week is always a little for me, my working schedule's different than the five day work week, so I don't have a good concept of what day it is. Anyway, you're watch, watching Unsafe Space. If it's your first time here, you can visit us at unsafespace.com. If you like the show, please hit like and subscribe. And we have book club coming up uh, next month. We're reading Douglas Murray's The Madness of Crowds. If you would like to support the show financially, we have subscribestar.com. Go to subscribestar.com and look for Unsafe Space. Carter, how are you doing this afternoon? Uh, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Um, Nothing exciting going on. Sorry. (laughs) You made me take a personality (laughs) test. So there's that. I did. Well, so one of the um, get interview guests that we've had on Deprogram before, Julian Davis, I saw that she had posted her Myers-Briggs results, and it made me start thinking about them again because I took it a long time ago. And, and then actually one of our commenters, I forget who, but in months past, there's one commenter in particular who has asked a couple times, what are your – Myers-Briggs results for the two of us and we've never really talked about it so I was like that'd be interesting to take that test again and I got the same thing I got a long time ago I got uh INFP which stands for what introverted intuitive is that the in I think so I think so introverted intuitive feeling and perceiving yes I think that's yeah what did you um, get? Well, when I took it a long time ago, I got INTJ. Then I just took it again, and I got INTP. And then I took it again because I used a different one than you did, and I got INTJ again. But I here's the thing. So Myers Briggs. I also listened to a podcast about Myers Briggs <laughs> this morning um, because I was I'm skeptical about Myers Briggs, and it's actually Jordan yeah. Peterson who made me skeptical about Myers Briggs because. Jordan, um, before he was famous, I was uh, working on a, uh, I was working basically advising startups. I was working at this company and we were uh, dealing with early, early stage startups and Jordan was developing the personality test for founders and he was using the big five personality test. And I remember asking him about like, well, why are we using big five? Like, what about this Myers-Briggs and this thing? And Jordan basically said to me, oh, ignore everything except for the big five. Nothing else is, is big five is the only empirically derived uh, psychometric test. Everything else is just based on uh, non-empirical data. It's not scientific. So just ignore everything else. Never use Myers-Briggs or anything else. Just use big five. That was Jordan's argument, which is odd because now hearing him talk like publicly now, he is a fan of Carl Jung and the Myers-Briggs is based on Jung, but it was also designed by a mother-daughter team who weren't trained in psychology. Uh, So like, yeah, the mom, the mom was interested in classifying children so that you could, um, help encourage them to become whatever kind of person they were going to become and not encourage them in the ways that they kind of didn't have a natural aptitude for. And the daughter was interested in it because she, um, she at the time, companies were using personality tests and it was kind of like a good, bad, like this would be a good employee, this would be a bad employee. And she didn't like that because I guess it made people feel bad and excluded people. So she wanted to come up with a test that had no right answer that that would just like define how people fit. And so together they came up with Myers-Briggs and marketed, it became like a thing that was just marketed and sold. And actually the, the organization that runs the SAT thought about using it, but they couldn't do any, they, they tried to verify it scientifically and ended up rejecting it because they couldn't. So from what I can tell, I don't want to go out, I don't want to, you know, be too harsh about it, but I think Myers-Briggs is a crock of shit. Oh, that's not harsh at all. (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay, then. Well, no, then I mean, that's my understanding people... of it. It's not scientific. So why do some people like myself consistently get the same results? Well, I think it can be, I think it can be a crock of shit and still get the same results. Like it doesn't, it's measure, it's like, it's reflecting something. Like I got similar results too, right? I got INTJ and INTP. Um, but, you know, that doesn't mean it's reflective of uh, any like psychological truth really other than like some like, okay, I guess I'm, I guess we know that I'm introverted, but th like those aren't, um, those aren't super important. And actually what I've heard is 50% of the time people score differently uh, when they take it again. So. Oh, really? Um, yeah. So maybe um, you and I are just very consistent. One of the things that bothers me with, it, it, not just this test, actually it bothers me with the big five tests as well. And I don't know if anyone else feels like this. So I want to ask you if you ever feel like this with questions. I can't stand these tests because the questions themselves um, often, are subjective. Not only are they, yeah, not only are they subjective, but often I run into them, and I especially run into this when people are trying to measure like political stuff. I often run into questions that I'm like, this is a false alternative. I like I view this topic in a completely different way than what you're um, trying to parameterize it in this question i can't answer this question honestly like I, this question requires a discussion with whoever wrote it it's wrong it's a the question's wrong um and like <laughs> i as a result like it's very difficult to take a lot of tests like that and that's politics like political tests are almost always like that for me is there an imc a, a intermittent imfc intermittent fun cantankerous curmudgeon <laughs> yes. Curmudgeon, I N. What what did you say? Intermittent, intermittent <laughs> I fun. I F C. I I F C C. Intermittent fun, cantankerous, cantankerous curmudgeon. Yeah, that would be, that would be me. But, you know, I obviously it reflects something because I get, I get the I N T part every time, right? So, uh, I guess I guess that makes sense, and the T part makes sense to me. Like, yes, I'm more rational than emotional, or thinking than emotional, like. Or thinking than feeling, I guess it's T and F, um, and I am more introverted. So, like, so some of it makes sense, but I don't know what to do with it. Do you know what to do? Well, with now this that you've torn it apart, <laughs> <laughs> we can still go. We can still pretend it's something. Uh, maybe it's I don't know. <clears throat> Just wait till we get to the astrology episode. I've got planned. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna bow out on that one. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Um, well, you know, we talk a lot about it's uh, recently we've been talking a lot about my old ideology and I felt like let's do something unrelated. That's interesting. And you no, know, no, it, it's good. And it's interesting. And I actually do want to talk about it. And wait, I just realized something. I, <laughs> you're going to love this. I heard a probably pseudoscientific, but I heard a theory that relates astrology to something real. Would you like to hear it? Yeah, please. Uh, this theory is fascinating to me. The theory is that when astrology was developed, um, we were not living with electric lights and everything else, and there was a farm culture, right, <clears throat> in China and everywhere else. And um, what time of year you were born would affect the, um, how, what your first few months were like. So, like, if you were born in the winter, your first few months would be in front of a fireplace in a in a in a dark place with family and not outside exploring and you wouldn't have as much sunlight and you would have like more close familial relationships and so actually um the because the astrological because your your birthday um was correlated to what your early childhood experience was like and that was maybe vastly different than if you were born in june and it was like babies on the grass mom's out you know planting or doing whatever and you're running around on the outside and dad's out somewhere else and you're not having as much you know having more nature interaction and not kind of close and closed in with the family that this might actually affect personalities and that's why the astrological signs were developed people like built a mythology around like oh if you're born at this time this is how you behave that's that's interesting the yeah i haven't heard that before well i don't know if there's any truth to it i just think it's an interesting theory I think there's, I don't know, I, I have, I have, uh, I go back and forth on stuff like astrology. Oh. Um, well, then, then let me be clear. 
I don't think there's any scientific evidence that the position of the stars <laughs> has any bearing on anything other than the position of the stars. So I didn't uh, say there was scientific evidence. I just said that's the only kind of evidence, opinion. Carrie, is scientific evidence. Oh, I disagree, but that's okay. <laughs> that's because I'm a feeler and perceiver. <laughs> I know, but you know what? The feelings are evidence of what you feel. I'll give you that. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about the personality types. Yeah. So you're you're what? Would you say? INF. INF. So okay. INFP is like five percent of the population. They say that's a rare one. Uh, they call it the idealist or the mediator. Okay. Uh, introverted feeling with extroverted in- intuition. Um, the idealist as an INFP your primary mode of living is focused internally where you deal with things according to how you feel about them or how they fit into your personal value system your secondary mode is external where you take things in primarily via your intuition INFPs more than other intuitive feeling types are focused on making the world a better place for people this might explain why I was drawn towards SJWism because they told, I thought it was about making the world a better place. Uh, their primary goal is to find out their meaning in life. Well, that's true. What is their purpose? How can they best serve humanity in their lives? They are idealists and perfectionists who drive themselves hard in their quest for achieving the goals they have identified for themselves. Um, Highly intuitive people rely heavily on intuitions, continuous mission to find truth and meaning underlying things, um, blah, blah, blah. They like to help people, make the world a better place, thoughtful and considerate, um, place little importance on who is right and who is wrong. I don't know about that. They focus on the way the conflict makes them feel. Uh, they don't they don't want to feel badly sometimes this makes them appear irrational and illogical in conflict situations on the other hand infps make very good mediators and are typically good at solving other people's conflicts because they intuitively understand people's perspectives and feelings and generally want to help them i mean that part i would say is accurate people usually say i'm a good mediator um this is where you and I might bump heads. This might, INFPs do not like to deal with hard facts and logic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we might bump heads on that. <laughs> their focus on their feelings and the human condition makes it difficult for them to deal with impersonal judgment. Um, blah, blah, blah. High standards. They're perfectionists. Hard on themselves. Don't give themselves enough credit. Um may be confused and paralyzed about what to do with their lives, are usually talented writers, they may be awkward and uncomfortable with expressing themselves verbally, have a good ability to define and express what they're feeling on paper. Um, I don't know. Some of this sounds, uh, just like with astrology stuff, I'm usually like, well, that's me and that's me. But then I wonder, well, how much of, if I were reading a different personality type, would I agree with some of that stuff too? Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, yep. uh, one part that I think also you will say is definitely me. Wait a minute. Uh, da, da, da. like they need, they need inspiration. They need passion to get focused on projects. Um, they are healers of other people's emotional wounds. Sometimes people, this causes people to dump their problems on them. Hmm. I am a person people tend to tell their problems to. Uh, when they feel passionate about something, they get really engaged. Uh, I can't find the part I was I was looking for, but there was one part in here about how uh, they're focused on the big picture and they get really lost in details and in ordinary people tasks, which, <laughs> yes, <laughs> I have problems, as you know, with time. Uh, it, not just knowing what day it is, but being on time and knowing how much time has passed and remembering to do the, the conscientious, the things that I'm low. Okay. Let's, if you talk about the big five, I know I'm very low on conscientiousness in terms of like, I forget to take my vitamins every day. Like those things, those things that you have to do daily. I will sometimes, I'm not as good. Things slip my mind. 
um, that kind of stuff. So I don't know. What do you think? Well, I mean, that that's accurate. I think, um, you actually got me wondering if there was gender differences and there are, if you look at this, I just pulled this up. I don't even know what website this is from. Okay. So yeah, there, there appear to be, which one are you? You're I and FP. So you're about half men, half women, 4.6% women and 4.1% men. So that's pretty, that's pretty even. My INTJ is 3.3% of the men and 0.8% of the women. So only 2% of the population. No, why does it say 3.1% and then 3.3 and 0.8? Those don't add up. Anyway, um, clearly more, that's more of a guy thing. So is INTP. So it seems like T is more of a guy thing and F is more of a female thing. Although that's probably sacrilege. So I'm not allowed to say, to that? say that. Why? Yeah. Because men's and well, brain, I mean, men and women's brains are identical, Carrie. And anyone who says contrary is uh, <laughs> is a racist, Nazi bigot, homophobe, patriarchal supporter. Carter's okay. engaging in sarcasm, guys. Just in case you needed to know. Um, <laughs> okay, here's one other part. Well, since you mentioned gender, <clears throat> I did see one article about female INFPs. Yep. And. It was, um, okay, this is kind of true. Many prefer unconventional lifestyles, which may include traveling or permanently relocating abroad. They may seek a mate willing to accompany them on their journey. Um, It talks about how money and like uh, status isn't as important to them. So they, they're not usually, I can't remember where that part was, but it was something about how they're not as, um, they don't land anywhere for long. Some INFPs, okay, heard it. Some INFPs bounce from job to job or interest to interest, don't land anywhere for long. This lack of consistent direction can obviously be hard on relationships. Um, that's yeah that i mean that i would say that kind of a, applies to me i have trouble and it and it said if they don't have passion for what they're doing they really really have trouble doing it and that's true so i don't know but again like with all these things i'm like i could also probably read a different profile of a different one match up and say well this part's true and this part's true and that part's not you know yeah so actually it made me think i'm going to read so I'm like the opposite of me would be ESFJ or ESFP. And okay. I'm trying to see if like that <laughs> resonates with me. Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> ESFJ is friendly, outgoing, reliable, conscientious, organized, practical, seek to be helpful and please others, enjoy being active and productive. I do enjoy being active and productive. Playful enthusiast. And the other one, ESFP, because I'm not sure whether I'm INTJ or INTP. ESFP is playful, enthusiastic, friendly, spontaneous, tactful, definitely not me, flexible, have strong common sense. I think I have that. Enjoy helping people in tangible ways. Yeah, sure. Whatever. I don't know. I guess you could pick out nuggets that you like in each one. Um, well, tell They're me all about- positive things. None of it's like you're a jerk, right? That's the thing. Right. Tell me about the one you, that you got. Like you just read the opposite of what you are. Read what, read what oh. it says so far. Yeah, so again, I'm not sure if it's I'm INTJ or INTP, but INTJ is innovative, independent, strategic, logical, reserved, insightful, driven by their own original ideas to achieve improvements. Yes, all of this is Um, you. (laughs) Well, INTP is intellectual, logical, precise, reserved, flexible, imaginative, original thinkers who enjoy speculation and creative problem solving. Yes. Uh, Yeah, so I I don't know. Um, I think. could Could be me. It would have been funny if we were each other's opposites. Yeah. We're not really, though. I'm surprised. I'm actually, I'm not surprised that you're feeling. Um, wait, wait, what's the difference between sensing and intuition? Hold on. Sensing, focus on the reality of how things are. Pay attention to concrete facts and details. Prefer that ideas have, that have practical applications. That would have been you, I would have thought. No. 
No, because intuition says, imagine the possibilities of how things could be. Notice the big picture. See everything connects. That's oh, very okay. much my personality. So I guess an S person would be, is that like someone who works for the DMV? They're like, I don't care about the big picture, but I'm like, I'm going to do my little details. And I guess, I don't know. Um, maybe we should do the big five someday. We should do the big five. Let's do, since, since you say, um, Peterson says that's the only one that has any basis in science, right? Then let's do that one. I've done I've done that one before. That one would be interesting. And we talk about the Big Five a lot, so it would be helpful for people to see what that is. <laughs> Mine, yeah. I, it would be fun for me to do it now because I haven't done it in a couple years. Last time I did it, guess how guess how much my percentage of conscientiousness? Zero. It was like one percent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I, the thing about the big five, I've taken it before, but I don't, I don't know the results. Um, but the thing about the big five is there's in, um, they also intentionally have forced choice. If I remember the one that I did had, and the one I did was Jordan's, it had, uh, like a lot of force, force choice questions, which were really annoying. It was like two things that you would hate. It was like, would you rather, you know, kick a baby or kill a puppy. And it's like, well, geez, both of those are pretty horrible. <laughs> it was like horrible stuff. Yeah. Um, and it was like, you didn't want to be either one or, or like good stuff. Like, are you honest or virtuous or what? I don't know what it like something. It was like, what, what? Um, so yeah, the first choice, the first choice ones are annoying, but those, uh, that's intentional. Um, cause they're trying to find out, you know, preferences of things, but I don't know. I do, do like somewhere. when they ask the same question in a different way later on in the same test because sometimes it's hard for me to – I think they're trying to get at, like, what do you most consistently say? Right, I assume so. Yeah. yeah, because sometimes, it, depending on how it's phrased, I'll answer I, – I, I recognize, I'm like, oh, I don't know, maybe slightly agree, and then another time I'm like, oh, no, I majorly agree. Um, but, it, you know, they the one that I took for the um, Myers-Briggs had – um, percentages of what you were of each of these. And like, I was only slightly more introverted than extroverted, which also makes sense to me. Um, Interesting. some, yeah, some people would say that, I mean, I think some people just, if they don't, if they don't know me very well and they first meet me, they might be like, Oh, introverted makes sense. But then other people, depending on how they know me, I'm extroverted in certain situations. I'm just, um, I know, I know, I know, because I live with me, that I'm more introverted <laughs> than people realize. Some people realize. Um, well, but, my, but that my, was my slightest. The the one that was really heavily for me, the biggest percentage of any was I was very heavily P, perceiving. Oh, interesting. That was the one where I was obviously on the on the fence. On the fence, I was very heavily introverted and thinking were the two that were. Um, I'm looking at my percentages now. I was oh, heavily feeling and I was heavily perceiving. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. I don't know what to make of all this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I wish I, I wish I had something brilliant to say. I just don't, I don't know what this means. I don't know what, I think people use this to try and find organizational fits for people, which I guess maybe could make sense. Um, but again, I just don't, I don't, I don't like the questions. <laughs> I'm a, there definitely should be a curmudgeon field for me. I don't like the test. <laughs> None of the above. Yeah. I, I hate this <laughs> test. Screw you, tester. Well, yeah. if people are, this is kind of a lighthearted episode. If people are watching, cause I know, like I said, we had some commenters who want to know what our Myers-Briggs were. If you guys want to post yours or any insights that you have about them in the comments, feel free. Doesn't Dr. K do, she does like organizational psychology, right? Yes, I think so. So yeah. she should know all about this. Maybe she likes Myers-Briggs and I've just, I've offended her by saying it's bullshit. <laughs> well, I doubt you offended her, even if she disagrees. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. She's got a pretty tough skin. Yeah. Well, apparently, uh, what I like about the test that I took is they show you all these famous great people who have whatever your personality is, so you feel great about yourself. Oh, that's who do I have for you? That's very important. Uh, 
for the INTP one, they had, I think Albert Einstein was in here. Yeah. Albert Einstein was in here. I can't see who these other people are. One of them scarily looks like it's, oh no, Jimmy Wales, maybe. Uh, Tina Fey. I don't know who this other person is. I can't see. Um, so I'm just like Tina Fey. That's funny. <laughs> well, it would be it would be funny if they put uh, bad people throughout history. <laughs> like, right? Yeah. Here are people who you're share just like your Stalin, pers- Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's that's a, someone should do that for a test. That would be awesome. I don't think they actually know though, because like Einstein didn't take the Myers Briggs test, so they're just guessing. They're just guessing. Oh, here's mine. Okay. Here's some of mine. Uh, Mr. Rogers and I are both INFPs. <laughs> John, Lennon, John Lennon, Tori Amos. I'll take that. I like Tori Amos. William Shakespeare. L- again, how do they know? William right. Shakespeare. <laughs> yeah. Helen Keller. How do they know? Wow. That's a. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how they would know that. <laughs> that's a tough one. Audrey Hepburn, I'll take that. <laughs> and Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> I, that that would be the best. We should start it. We should start it. We should just. Hey, Carrie, Jeffrey Dahmer was whatever. I N F P. I don't know. I had a friend who, uh, one of my very good friends. We didn't go to the same college, but. Um, she she wrote for her college paper she wrote the um astrology she wrote the weekly astrology things and she didn't believe in it she was very much like you i bet she would have the same myers-briggs as you i would love to write the weekly astrology things i think that would be so much fun she had so much fun with it she would just make crap up <laughs> she would i would write stuff, stuff that like that guy was lying <laughs> <laughs> and just like i don't <laughs> yeah yeah, she did stuff like that. Like if That wasn't were, chicken. That was my favorite fortune cookie I've seen. That wasn't chicken. That's hilarious. That's a really funny fortune cookie. Um, she would put stuff in there that were specific. Like if she had a Libra friend, you know, she would say, you know, this week you need to take some, you need to skip your classes and go out with your Scorpio friend, you know, for drinks. Like she would just put stuff in there. <laughs> you need to dump Brad. Right. <laughs> <sighs> honestly um i don't relate to i don't relate to people who take the horoscope seriously um i know it's really big it's really big in china um in fact i was surprised at how because my wife was telling me that like there are people who won't do business with you even if like you meet they get along like things be seems you know they seem good the companies seem like a good fit but they'll have like a astrologist person come in and like check to see if you're compatible and if you're not they'll just be like sorry really yeah which is to me absolutely insane Uh, okay i had a boss since this is a fun little frivolous episode yeah who knows what this show is this is the frivolous show there you go this is the intermittent fun we're having intermittent fun carter (laughs) so i had a boss in hollywood who was a total stereotype of just wealthy, um, out of touch, like just elite and always, always, um, spending lots of money on different, I I guess kind of self-help stuff, but you know, like he would have like a vegan chef who lived with him for a while and he'd be all about veganism. And then he would be super into surfing and have like a surf trainer. And then he was really into like healing your inner child and had like a guru that he wanted us, all of his employees to go see the guru and pay half of the fee ourselves, which I was like, no, I'm not doing that on my weekend. I'm sorry. But, um, he, he did this one thing, you know, speaking of not doing business, people are making business decisions based on astrology. He went through this period where he bought, um, he spent $5,000 each on these paintings that were just colors. So like this painting behind this, uh, watercolor behind me, imagine if that was just a painting of the color blue or red or whatever. He, he bought like five like a of them. giant paint chip. Yes, it was a giant color, and they were all framed. Like, there was, like, red, blue, green, yellow. They were supposed to bring different things. Like, I don't know, like, green was supposed to bring money or something. And they were all blessed by a shaman. And so they were each, like, $5,000. And meanwhile, 
we didn't have basic business things we needed. Like I needed a color copier at work. And like, <laughs> you just spent 25. But there's 000. the color green. <laughs> there's the color green. <laughs> Hang it above where the copier could be. Should be. <laughs> yeah. You, you, you spent $25,000 on paintings blessed by a shaman. They're just colors. And then he, he brought in this, uh, woman to read the uh, the energy in the office r- spaces in the rooms. The feng shui. The feng shui. And she wanted to sit with each of us and get like our birthdays and everything and do all the stuff with us. And I was sick that day. So all she had, to, she didn't even, I never even met this woman in person. All she had was my name and birthday. Um, she went ahead and did the feng shui anyway for the whole office and went through all of our spaces and everything. And then when I came back to work, we had this meeting where he's like, okay, the feng shui woman has told us where we're going to rearrange everything. And at, at the time I was sharing an office with this other manager and he basically, the feng shui lady said that I needed to move. My desk had to be moved into the hallway next to the coffee machine, like next to the sink. (laughs) (laughs) That's what you get for being sick that day, Carrie. (laughs) And I I was livid. I I used to be just, I'm, I'm, much more emotionally driven than I am now and and impulse, like hard to, hard to control my immediate reaction. I was like, I, we were in the meeting and I was so furious. I was like, I just don't believe in this, but I'm not going to sit in the hallway next to the, I don't do well with lots of noises and sounds and all these people were on, you know, people, it's a kitchen, essentially a, a hallway kitchen. And, you know, I have a friend, I was like, I have a friend who can read chicken bones. Why don't I bring her in? (laughs) (laughs) how did that go over did the boss like that oh he didn't like me no but um but anyway you just made me think of him because it was it was a business situation we're trying to do work and and granted yes it's in the entertainment industry but you're 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 making these decisions you're spending money on paintings blessed by shamans and you're rearranging our desk based on feng shui and it just it it was hilarious you could write a whole sitcom about him but well, anyway. that's why I—that's why I'm passionate about epistemology. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I push back when someone says, for example, feelings are valid evidence. You know, doing this show with you and just my journey in general in the past couple years, I've become much more reliant on epistemology facts, evidence, logic, all that stuff, because I have to be, because that's what helped lead me out of SJW ideology. Like it's truth or it's ideology in my opinion. And so when searching for truth, you have to be able to validate things, verify things and repeat them and, and you know, make sure that your conclusions are not just based on feeling. And it's it's all the Jonathan Haidt stuff we've talked about, the emotional mind versus the rational mind. And um, yeah, so that's I was interested to see if my Myers-Briggs had changed, because I do think I'm more focused on facts and, and evidence and like the scientific method than I used to be. But it was still the same. I mean, there's still a large part of me that is emotionally driven like the how I feel about something and I don't know. I mean, yeah, I'm not I don't I'm not knocking being like feeling strongly about things. I'm just knocking on like I, I guess with with me it's not that I don't think feelings are relevant. Like people have this thing where if you say like, oh, reason and logic are the only uh, valid forms of cognition, they assume that you're saying emotions are irrelevant. I'm not saying emotions are irrelevant. I'm saying emotions are giving you information about your internal state. That's what they're giving you information about. Often that's information about your internal state as it relates to something externally. So, um, like there's external stimuli, you know, if you were, uh, I don't know, traumatized as a kid while there was a red shirt there and like you see everyone, every time you see someone with a red shirt, your internal state changes and like you feel a certain way. Like, yeah, that's giving you information about your internal state, but it's not information that you can reasonably expect anyone else to accept as evidence of some statement about objective reality outside of your emotions. That's just... That's not, that's not how that's not how objective reality works. That's not how epistemology works. Like that's not valid epistemology. Like valid epistemology is like here's some evidence that other people can independently verify. Like here's an objective, here's a here's a here's a, a verifiable or 
um, some evidentiary statement that can be validated by others, not just how I feel about something. Um, and I and I and I don't also mean to be pushing back on like there are. I think this was in the book Blink, maybe. Malcolm uh, Gladwell. Yeah, but like when you're an expert at something, you do build up intuition that is related to that area of expertise. And I think the example that he gave was like people who had been um, art critics or art dealers or something for you know decades. He could, sh you know, you could show them a painting, and they could intuitively really sense with with pretty good accuracy about whether or not that painting was a forgery without doing all the technical analysis. But it was because they had done all the technical analysis for decades, and their right. subconscious mind kind of internalized that a lot. You or I couldn't do that. My intuition about whether a painting is 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 uh, a forgery is crap. I have no yeah. idea, right? That's like with a uh, okay. That's like me and handmade cowboy boots. <laughs> yeah, yeah like, possibly, right? You can make a look at cowboy boots and be like, those are handmade, those aren't. And I'll be like, I yeah, don't know, they're boots. You just, the more you work with them or see them or whatever, like any anything that you specialize in, um, I mean, you can become, it's like becoming a wine snob, for example. You know, right. uh, back when I was drinking, for most, most of the time, uh, I didn't really care what kind of wine I drank. But then there came a period of time where I learned more about different kinds of wine. And suddenly, suddenly I can actually discern the difference between, you know, then I was like, Oh, this is, this is actually a good one. And this is not. And it's just a matter of like, the more that you do something or focus on something and, and learn about it. And yeah, with boots, for sure. I'm a super boot snob. I'll admit it. I can't help it. I can't help it. And, and I can't, um, have trouble, uh, reserving my judgment <laughs> like i'll see a pair of cowboy boots coming and i'm like oh why why did yeah. you pick that out but then i realized it's because i didn't I, I didn't used to be able to discern the difference but now i am and so and and that person wearing those boots they they don't they can't discern the difference they may have said they haven't worked around i used to work in handmade cowboy boots guys okay i'll say that right and <laughs> and, and if you were pressed on like well why are these boots better or different like given some time you could search your emotions and figure out like okay well what are the concrete things i'm noticing that like oh, totally. you could figure it out and explain it in a way that would be objective not relying on your feelings but something that would be objectively observable and you might point to like well look at this stitching or look at that and that's something that even i who know nothing about boots could i could follow that conversation and understand mm -hmm. what you're saying that's objective communication that's using reason and logic um right to you know talk about objective reality um which like is why art, i think sorry what well like the art experts you're talking about who could yeah explain that to someone like me who knows nothing about it i could probably follow along if they were to take the time to say oh this and this and this right yeah exactly and so um i don't know that it's just it's a pet peeve of mine that people are like well i feel this thing is true therefore you should accept it as true it's like well i don't that's not how that's not how things work. I feel like it's not true. End of story. Are we not communicating now? Like, is that how that goes? Mm -hmm. I mean, you can't actually have communication about objective reality if we're going to be based off of our feelings, because I don't really your feelings are yours. I can't feel them. And my feelings are mine and you can't feel mine. So I could just run around being like, hey, everyone, I feel like we should have anarchy. Good enough. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anarchy. I like saying um, anarchy because it scares people. So what else are we talking about today? I don't know. This is kind of a fun, weird. We don't have to talk about anything else. Yeah. It's a fun, weird uh, show. You showed me a video. We could talk about that. I don't know. That's nah, a short one. We're no? getting too far off subject if we do that. Let's okay. do, since we've mentioned it, let me get this book off my shelf from behind me. Hold on. Okay. What's your, what is your astrological sign? I have cancer. <laughs> I didn't expect that. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody, some people in our audience, if they're into astrology, they'll probably recognize this book. It's been around since the seventies. It's a, they keep updating it. It's like a, it's called the only astrology book you'll ever need. Is it blank on the inside? Cause that would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever read? I mean, I'm sure you have cause you have, you've, you've read about your sign. Uh, Yes, but I have no, like, I couldn't recall it. I don't remember what it said at all. So, I don't know. 
Um, okay, we're just going to do a quick, fun reading. We're having intermittent fun with Carter. Today's this, by the way, this is the definition of frivolity. This is the definition of frivolity, yes. <laughs> this is totally we can meaningless. Have, we can have a meaningless, frivolous day. It's still fun. Um, <clears throat> let's see. Your most likable trait, Carter, is loyalty. <laughs> <laughs> you don't think that's true? Okay. I mean, unless it's loyalty to, like, an idea. <laughs> but, no, <laughs> I, I wouldn't say that I'm particularly loyal. Okay. <clears throat> no one has ever said that Cancerians are e easy to understand. You may appear gentle, kind, sympathetic, and a patient listener. Then someone asks for advice, and you turn cranky, snappish, <laughs> and, and appear to be completely indifferent to anyone's problems but your own. You may wallow in self-pity and complain endlessly about how mistreated you are by the world. That doesn't sound like you at all. I try not to do that. You, yeah, I also actually end up, I'm usually the person that everyone brings problems to, honestly. Um, well, then it says, turn another page of the calendar, and suddenly you're back to being helpful. Oh, so And ready to do anything asked of you. So basically, like... You're temperamental just like everyone else, and sometimes you behave this way, and sometimes you behave in the opposite way of that. Ooh, look <laughs> at that. Mm, astrology. Okay. Are, am I sarcastic and unbelieving of astrology? Is that one of the things it says? It doesn't say, you You won't even read this at the end. It says, you, you're so cantankerous, you won't even read this. Uh, the surface, your surface is quite difficult to penetrate. You tend to build up an elaborate array of defenses to hide your deep feelings and extreme sensitivity. Your complex. Are you laughing because it's not true? <laughs> I mean, I don't. I mean, I. I kind of. I, I don't think it's true. I think uh, I've been told I'm pretty transparent. So I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Complex, fragile, unpredictable, temperamental. The typical cancer needs constant support and encouragement. You want desperately to be loved and approved of, but resent needing approval so badly. When you get what you need, you give the best that you have in return. Those who make you feel secure command your undying loyalty. When you really care for someone, there's nothing anyone can say about that person that will make the least bit of difference. You have a real blind spot when it comes to seeing a failing in those that you love. I, none of this sounds like you to me. No, no. <laughs> Oh no! That's weird because usually in when you read the because usually they're so accurate. <laughs> no, I just meant what I what I was saying <laughs> earlier, which is that usually when you read these things, there's enough in it that it could apply to anyone that you're like, oh, that's me. Well, right? Carrie, it, this is if actually they got it that you. yeah, if they got it that wrong, there must be something to it. It's it's uh, <laughs> it's it's more than randomly wrong. It's more than randomly wrong. <laughs> uh, I'm just reading a little bit more. You tend to be a worrier and a silent brooder. You mm. do worry more than me. I worry a little bit, but I don't really brood. And I'm not like a worrier general. Like I worry more than you, but I think you don't worry at all. So uh, <laughs> I worry less than a lot of people I know. <laughs> hey. Uh, <laughs> you tend to be, uh, people may pour out their hearts to you. But the flow never goes in the other direction because you guard your secrets well. If offended, you do not strike back directly. Your method of retaliation is to sulk, and it is often very effective. The technique is somewhat like being whipped to death by a dozen strands of boiled spaghetti. What? I don't That's know, but I would rather whip someone to death with a dozen <laughs> strands of boiled spaghetti. I think that would be fun. Maybe not to this, death. but This is so not you. In just like a sexual context, that might be fun. Well... This author also wrote, author of sexual astrology. <laughs> <laughs> is this author a hippie? Looks like the author's Look a hippie. Look at cover. The author is a hippie. It's <laughs> right. from the 70s. Um, yeah. Well, I okay. guess, oh, wait, I wait, guess wait, their high part... wasn't that great when they were writing the cancer section. I don't know. Okay, this part sounds like you. Finally, we got to a part that sounds like wait, you. How long is this? I thought it was like uh, a paragraph and you're over usually. What oh, Was this like a whole, whole chapter? I'm just reading you the basics about cancer. There's entire sections in here on like your your sun sign and your sexuality, your sun sign and your health, your sun sign and money, your sun sign and love. They have all the different like 
areas of your life. And then, and then they have, if you want to get real in depth, you can do, you can do your star chart and you can figure out your moon sign and you can figure out all of your planet signs and then see how all of those, cause it'll, cause that's how they, that's how they explain if things like this don't match up, then they'll say, Oh, that's because your sun signs cancer, but your moon sign is so and so and so that that sign then affects this one are you put are you beating your head against <laughs> against the microphone i just i you know can i just say something about capitalism what? and this as a capitalist i mean i'm a capitalist the problem with capitalism and it's not really a solvable problem is it generates so much excess wealth that people can make their livings writing books like this and idiots will buy them and that I person, bought, wait a minute, right, I bought this book. Well, idiots also. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that person probably made a living like writing this crap. Their whole like they spent they like they spent their whole life feeding themselves and possibly their family through made up crap that's not even like stories that are entertaining. It's just random falsehoods about people based on the sun. Yeah. This is how civilization falls, but, you know. Wait, I'm almost done. I'm almost done. This part is the part that sounds like you. Now that you've been so grumpy, uh, cancer symbol. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> cancer symbol, the crab, has a hard outer shell that protects soft, vulnerable flesh underneath. The same is true of cancers, who are often crusty, gruff, and grumpy, but possess a proverbial heart of gold. <laughs> I have a proverbial heart of gold. <laughs> Beneath your tough exterior, you are a sentimental softy who will make any sacrifice for someone in need. If someone asks for a favor, your first reaction will probably be no. But the final answer, <laughs> the final answer is always yes. You should be judged not by what you say, but by what you do. Ah, but that that part's true. You'll you'll make a sacrifice for people. Yeah, but actually, my first reaction is usually yes, and then I have to reel my like reel myself in and realize that I'm too quick to, I'm I'm often too generous with my time, and I it it hurts me. So um, I've actually had to learn how to say no quite a lot. So me too. Um, but that's can I tell a story that's unrelated but kind of yes, related? Please do. <laughs> this reminds me of something. Uh, I was in Japan. I spent a lot of time in Japan at one point in my life, and. Um, <clears throat> I didn't know the language really. I was like kind of learning the language and I didn't really know it. And um, I was at a restaurant and it was for breakfast and they had um, they had the menu in Japanese, but they had like English translations for everything. And I'm scanning the menu and there's an item that says fake cancer. And I was like, what? the hell is fake cancer <laughs> and i was with a few other people and we're like going around the table like scratching our heads like what the hell is fake cancer and we finally figured out what you want you want to know what fake cancer is yes please imitation crab oh wow <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's cool oh yeah. my gosh <laughs> right it blew my mind i was like oh that yeah. makes sense imitation crab yeah fake cancer but Wow. I don't know okay. why I thought of that story. I, it's cancer, but yeah. I don't uh, know. I don't, obviously, I don't place any value in any of this, but uh, I don't even, I don't even get the entertainment value in it, but I guess some people, is there entertainment value for you, even if you don't believe it? Oh, yeah. I love reading this stuff. I why? What, what do you like about it? I just like to see what's true and what's not, and, and sometimes it's, I, can, I don't know. I can spoil it for you. None of it's true. <laughs> Carter! No, I mean... <laughs> Okay, look, here's, um, mine is, mine has got some positives and negatives. My most likable trait, yours is loyalty, it says, mine is charm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, you're, you're huh? charming, you're charming. Yeah, I think, I think that's something people have called me, so that one fits. But, some of this is wrong. It says, uh, Libra's, Libra, I'm a Libra. Librans are easy to like for you have captivating charm, possess elegant taste. I don't think I have elegant taste. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I like you. <laughs> I would not describe your taste as elegant. Elegant's not the word I would use. No. Uh, and are usually beautiful to look at. I'll take it. Thank you. <laughs> of course. Uh, in addition. <laughs> or do any of them say, you know, 
Aries, you're just butt ugly. You're there... homely. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. no. Uh, other famous Librans, Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is where it gets this is where it gets negative. Uh wait a minute. Well, this is positive. In addition, you have a gift of making others feel important. You're a superb listener and instinctively know how to draw out another person. I would say that's true. Um, uh, my home will always have a touch of elegance. No, nah, I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> you but you will proceed to wipe it off with Clorox. Clorox, you'll scrub that t- touch of elegance. Touch right of elegance. Yeah. You enjoy Get the rid of that elegance. Of- you enjoy the comforts of life, all the things that money can buy. That doesn't fit me. <laughs> that really doesn't fit me. But, and then this part is the negative, uh, a narcissist at heart. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, like, that's a great phrase. You are a narcissist at heart. Well, that's why they led with you're beautiful to look at because they know you're such a narcissist. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I see. We want you to read the whole thing. So we're going to start off by complimenting you. <laughs> Because you're a narcissist at heart. Wow. Uh, what else you about tend, you? Well, it says you tend to judge others by outward appearances. And that's not true, that's not true. about me. That's the opposite of me. Um, if someone has a charming facade, you won't look any deeper. That is not true about me. Uh, you may become easy prey for a, a sophisticated schemer with an affable manner. Well, that's happened. Hmm. Hmm. I take it back. Astrology is based on science. Uh, Libra is the zodiacal sign of partnerships. In psychological terms, the sign is outer directed. Your energies are focused on melding and combining with other people. You're at your best in personal relationships. However, your main interest is on yourself within the relationship. (laughs) However, you're a psychopath. <laughs> you deal intuitively with other people's emotions, and no one is better at understanding and taking into consideration another person's point of view. I think that's pretty true. Yet, all too soon, that outside viewpoint will be lost or subsumed within your own subtly self centered concerns. <laughs> <laughs> Someone had fun writing this. It was like, let's just hate on everyone. Let's find 12 different ways to hate on everyone. Uh but this this is true. Okay, one one last thing, and then I'll stop doing this. Um, okay. Born under the sign of the scales, you strive for balance and harmony, and are happiest when your environment is ordered and serene. So my environment uh, tends towards chaos in some ways, uh, and and it I do feel better when it's balanced and serene. That's why spending a day decluttering can really affect my inner mood and everything. Um, Peace is worth any price to you, and usually you'll go a long way out of your way to avoid friction and dissension. I don't think peace is important, but I don't avoid friction. Anyway, because you see clearly every side of an argument, every possibility of a given course, you have a tact and ability to smooth over disputes. You are a born diplomat. Um, anyway, it that, that kind of falls in line with the INFP stuff, though, about like being a good mediator for other people's problems. Um, but yeah, affectionate. Okay. They close on some good stuff on the other affectionate and warm hearted, sentimental, naturally optimistic. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, you are likely to be an underachiever because of your easygoing, even tempered attitude. (laughs) For the most part, you don't want anything badly enough to fight for it. The exception is when you're denied a privilege to which you feel entitled. That ruffles your fur. Libras have a reputation for stubbornness, but that's because you're a stickler for fairness. You resent anyone being treated unfairly and become upset at inequity in the world at large. Do you think that's Hmm. true? Uh, I do think that's true, actually. I think that's why I, again, like the INFP stuff, I think that's why I was drawn I think that's why I was someone that was susceptible to SJW ideology is because it, it sold as being about equality and and fairness and helping others. But as we know and we talk about a lot, it's actually equity is about equity is about unfairness. Equality is about fairness. Equity is about unfairness. 
And that ideology is about unfairness. And so once I realized that, which admittedly took me 20 years, uh, but once I realized that, that also, if I were to step back and look at why it is that I'm so passionate about talking about my old ideology, it's for the same reasons that I was passionate about being invested in it. It's because I think it's unfair and I think it's evil and I think it hurts people. And, um, and, and that is, I'm passionate about that. So it is why my, my friend says I'm on a crusade and, or some people say I'm obsessed with my old belief system, but, um, yeah. You know what I'd like to see would be interesting would be a, a big five personality study of people who are in the social justice community um, because I wonder if there are personality differences or if it's just uh, attractive to every personality type in a different way um, or if they're like serious. My suspicion is there are actually uh, personality types that would be specifically drawn to social justice. But Oh, know. yeah. Well, actually, um, I should watch this again because it's been a while since I watched it. But there's a great video on YouTube. It, maybe we could put the link in the comments. It's an interview with um, it's an interview that Lauren Southern did with Jordan Peterson and one of his grad students. I think her name is Brophy. Mm-hmm. And it was they did they did a study on where do I'm the video is called where do SJWs come from, although I don't think they use that word in the in the interview. They were talking. They did a study on what they were calling uh, PC authoritarians and PC liberals, and they were dividing in my mind. The way I explain it is they were talking about SJWs. They were dividing it into these two groups, two different kinds of SJWs, PC authoritarians, PC liberals. And from what I recall, they did do big five personality stuff as a part of that. Well, I mean, if it was Jordan and yeah, his grad did. student, they would have. Yeah, they did. They did. And they found uh, some we've talked about some of those results before, but they did find some interesting things. They're high. They're both high in openness. And uh, one of them is higher in agreeableness than the other. Um, and, and the PC authoritarians are, uh, the PC authoritarians had lower verbal cognitive ability. They're not as articulate and they're not as able to express ideas and rational, rational reasons so behind they did IQ this. testing as well with this. I'm not sure, but they said, I think so, possibly, because they said the PC liberals were high high in verbal cognitive ability, and that's why they act as the mouthpieces a lot for the authoritarians. Hmm. Um, and they also found that the PC authoritarians, unlike the PC liberals, the PC authoritarians had some things in common with authoritarians on the right, uh, one of those being a high, I mean, a low, a low disgust sensitivity. And so... Uh, okay. That makes sense because like low disgust sensitivity, meaning um, on an individual scale, like someone who maybe doesn't like drinking after another person it, or, what, you know, having drinking from the same glass or something. But on a on a grand scale, that relates to more tribalism. It's like seeing uh, seeing groups as others like you have a higher disgust sensibility towards anything that's not you or yours. Right. Right. Um, and they also had PC authoritarians had a high incidence. There was a correlation with with um, having an, a mood or personality disorder. Well, that's that's not surprising <laughs> because having a personality disorder is like a is a badge. It's like a um, it's a status symbol in that community. It is. It totally is. So, well, uh, Carrie, this video is much longer than I thought. I think we're gonna, I'm just gonna title it Intermittent Frivolity. Let's title it that. We did, hey, all birds lead back to talking about my old ideology, I guess. We try to do something different and look where we <laughs> landed. Anyway, um, but it was, this was fun. Thank you for yeah. gauging in some fun with me. Yeah, just for those of you who don't know why we're talking about this, Carrie makes fun of me because I said one time that I was not into frivolity. And so, and and I think I said intermittently. I don't remember exactly. Yes, you did. But the, yeah, this is all this is all a big mock of me. So, or mocking me. Have a good day, everyone. <laughs> Carrie, any last words? 
No, if you guys like the video, our intermittently fun video, you can hit like and share and subscribe and tell a friend about the podcast and um, go to subscribestar.com if you want to donate and um, get ready for book club next month. All right. See you for live coffee tomorrow. Bye. Bye, guys.